Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, the Lord has been gracious to us, hasn't yes. he? Yes. Um, I don't know about you, but um, this lasts less than 48 hours. Um, my spirit has been refreshed uh, by you all. And uh, I hope that's your experience as well. Um, I zoom in one time last year or twice, I, I don't remember, but there's no replacement for, for in-person. Uh, <clears throat> so don't try to zoom with Jesus. <laughs> it may work, but it's not the best. Right. Always get in person with him. The Bible calls it, well, I call it, this is the real FaceTime. Do a FaceTime with the Lord. Um, Paul says that we are a mirror, right? We are like a mirror. Um, they're beholding and reflecting um, the glory of the Lord, uh, the Lord, the Spirit and are being transformed into the same image. So the more time we have this face time with the Lord, the better. Now, this morning I feel a debt to you, and that is I prepared and passed out, not this morning, did we? Even this morning? All four messages. I mean, uh, outlines, excuse me. And I never got into them. So this morning, I'm going to attempt the impossible. I'm, I'm going to cover all four outlines, but I will not keep you here until four o'clock. I would if I could, but we have uh, a love feast here coming up, and we have uh, so many things to do. So obviously, I'm not going to cover these outlines in that kind of a thorough way, but just the burden that are embodied in these outlines. Um, this outline is really based on, these outlines, excuse me, uh, are really based on that uh, one verse in Colossians chapter 3. And the burden came this way to me, and that was earlier this year, a couple of months back, we have a international training for elders and coworkers. And I was assigned a message. And in that message, this matter of uh, chapter three and verse 16 and 17 uh, of Colossians, um, was one of the Roman numerals. And <clears throat> because I have to give that message, I got into it, you know, uh, quite much. And as a result, I became uh, quite burdened, quite burdened, apart from just delivering that message in that training. I became quite burdened if you, uh, um, would 
take this in the proper way for the whole of the Lord's recovery. I'm talking about this matter of the way we receive the word of God. Now, um, the verse is this. Actually, I would even say not the entire verse. Of course, you have to read the entire verse and the uh, uh, even the next verse and, you know, to fully appreciate the matter. But it's chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Of course, then it talks about... Um, there's more teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to God, showing that that the teaching, the admonishing, the singing, even the singing, uh, are uh, ways, the means, and the ways for us to let that word dwell in us richly. Um, so never despise singing. Um, and then in verse 17, there's a result of all of this indwelling of the Lord's word in us. And that is in whatever you do in word or deed, do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus, showing that when the word of Christ um, um, make home in us or dwell in, indwell us and have a place in us or fills us, we are then really one with the Lord. And we would spontaneously do all the things, many things, daily things, common things, life things in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means in his person, in oneness with him. And that's just the plain Christian life that we should live. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. And out of our mouth would just be thanksgiving. This is the result of the word of Christ finding a residence, finding a room, finding a place in our hearts. Now, uh, <clears throat> later on, even the verses that follows that talk about all kinds of relationship in the church life, and we're here for that church life, wives, husband, even slaves and masters in those days, all of that, all of that would be an outflow, would be an expression, would be a result of our being filled with the word of Christ. Um, now, um, let me, with the help of these outlines, and you don't worry about um, you may have them, but you may not have brought them with you this morning. It's okay. I'm just going to use this outline to help me to, to fellowship. 
Um, <clears throat> I think the first thing when we want to get into the matter of how to let the word of Christ dwell in us. Um, we need to understand something about the word. Just what the word is. Okay? Um, and number two, just what is the relationship between the word and the spirit? You know, the word and the spirit are two of the greatest gifts that God has given to man. Actually, both are he himself, but one as the word, and number two or second as the spirit. And today, for us, for you and I, to have a relationship with our God, this God, the Lord, for us to access him, for us to uh, enjoy him as our portion, for us to partake of him, participate in him and all of his riches. The means would be the word and the spirit. And this is, in a way, a very mysterious thing, but yet most practical and most applicable. I would say that if you understand this and you know how to experience this, you're on your way. You're really on your way to a normal Christian life, a prevailing one, a strong one, and a healthy one. And then uh, we also need to know another thing, and that is the Word itself with its two aspects, the Word of God, the Word of Christ, there's two aspects to it, or two kinds of word. One is, based on Greek, the logos word. That means the constant, the uh, lengthy, the um, descriptive, um, eventually the written word of God, right here, the Bible. That is the Logos, whether it's the Old Testament or the New. But there is another aspect of the Word of God, and that is understood by that Greek word, rhema. Rhema. We call it the rhema word. And the rhema word simply refers to the instant word. Um, the, uh, the word that comes to you at an instant to in a certain situation or occasion or time in a very living way to meet your need at that time. 
So yes, this is always here constantly. This word never changes. It's all there. Aren't you happy we have the Bible? You know, the enemy's work is to get rid of this Bible. And even in our society here, there are forces. There's an agenda to get rid of the word of God. From the public square, right? From various institutions to just get rid of it. That is satanic. That is the work of the devil. And this word is right here in our hands. We read it. We study it as we ought to. Um, We see revelation. We see visions. We come to actually know God. There's only one way to know God, and that is through his word. You know, imagine this. This word does not exist. I mean, this world is what? going to be the dark ages again. You know, there will be a thousand years once upon a time when this book was actually locked up. And human civilization plunged into what was known as the dark ages for a millennia. Why? Because this book was closed. This book was locked up. When you close this book up, I tell you, there's no light. It's just darkness. But this word here, pages after pages, right? So many books in the Old Testament, so many new, 36, 27, 66 altogether, All the pages, all the words, it's just there. The Logos word, God speaking. But there's the other aspect of the word, and that is the word that is always consistent with this, and in fact always based on this, always corresponding with this, that would come to you and I, in an instant way, in a living way, in a uh, in a certain situation, the word would come to you. It will come alive to you, and that is the Rhema word. And so, when you read the New Testament, when the word "word" is there, you have to actually study and find out: is that the Logos word, or is that the Rhema word? There are these two important aspects. Here, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly is the logos, I think. But there elsewhere, elsewhere, for example, like in John chapter 15, abide in me and I in you. Firstly, a few verses later, abide in me, but my words abide in you. So me becomes the words. That word is the rhema word. All right? Okay, so um, let me just start with this. There are three aspects of the word of God. Number one, there is the written word. 
the Bible. I mentioned that already. Now I'm not talking about logos or rhema. Okay, that's another uh, point. I am now talking about just the Word of God in general. There are three aspects. Number one, it's this written word right here in our hands. Number one, the book. The Bible means the book. That's it. The written word of God. I mean, I'm just standing here. I'm just saying, Lord, thank you for your word. I mean, a nation without the word of God is nothing. All right? The word of God. I, I, I hope there is a new sense of love and treasure for this word of God. You know, in this country, on the average, every, fam, every household has two Bibles sitting there on the average. But I think few are being read and even less people understood, understand what it talks about. So the Bible is plenteous. It's everywhere. That is a wonderful thing. The written word of God. And our slogan for Bibles for America is the recovery version, a Bible you can understand. So that is the interpreted word. Now, the second very important aspect of the word is that the word is the living word of God, not just the written but the word is the living word of God. Then you say, what is the living word of God? The living word of God is actually a person. Amen. You know who that person is? That is simply Christ. Amen. The one who was on the white horse coming back to fight and defeat the Antichrist in, at, the, at Armageddon at the end of this age. His name will be called the word of God. The Word of God is Christ. Yes, it's in the printed pages. Yes, it, it's, this is, it's, it's, it's written down what God has breathed out. But the living Word, the reality of God's Word is actually His Son, Christ. Christ is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and tabernacle among us, full of grace and reality. That Word, that Word that was God, that Word that was with God, that Word that became incarnated, is simply Christ himself. Christ is the living word of God. Amen. Every time you come and read this Bible, you come to him. Amen. Don't be like the Pharisees. You search the scriptures, but you will not come to me. And these are that testify of me, but you don't come to me. We can should never divorce the written word from the living word. Amen. Every time you open the Bible, come to the Lord Jesus. Amen. Then the Bible, these words, 
will jump out of the pages. Then this word will become living to you. And not just doctrines, not just theology, not just letters, and not just mere knowledge. You are touching the living one. So I say sometimes telling the young people when you open the Bible, kiss it. And I don't really mean kiss this paper, right? I, I mean kiss the sun. Amen. In Hebrew says, God speaks in sun. God's whole speaking is a person. Yes. The son of God. And when he came to this earth, when he was incarnated, he was the word of God walking around. Amen. He was there revealing God, expressing God, right? Displaying God, explaining God. And when you read him, you read God. When you touch him, you start to know God because he is the word of God. Number three, this word is the applied word, the applied word, the practical word, the word that functions, the word that have activities, the word that can do things, the word that is effectual. The word of God is what? Living and operative. You remember that word in Hebrews? This word acts, this word does things. This word can do miracles. This thing, this word can change your life. I think many of us sitting here, we would, our lives would change by the word of God. That's when the word was applied to you. That word is what? Functional. Working in you. In many, many ways. That is the apply word. Then you say, what is that apply word of God? Let me tell you. It is simply the Spirit. Amen. This word is not just black and white written. This word is not just the living person of Christ. This word is actually the Spirit. Amen. The words that I speak to you, the Lord Jesus said, are what? Spirit and life. The very words. It says in Timothy that all scriptures, all scriptures are God-breathed. And what is God's breath? When on the night of resurrection, when the Lord Jesus showed up among the disciples, he what? He breathed into them. And what did he say? Receive the Holy Spirit. So the very Spirit is actually the breath of God. And the breath of God is what? Is the God-breathed word. When this word is breathed out and inhaled by you, received by you, breathed in by you, it is the Spirit. And that Spirit word... I give it a compound name. That spirit word, oh my goodness, that spirit word works. This morning, did the spirit word work in you? Oh, this morning, that spirit word worked in me and said something 
you are sinful. You are still sinful. And that caused me to have to repent and ask the Lord for forgiveness. And that's not some funny thought I just got into my mind. It was the applied word. At that moment, I needed that word. I need the convicting power of that word. And another one of you this morning may be touching the Lord in his word. You just feel so comforted. Because the spirit is there as the word to comfort you. It is applied to your situation when you are just discombobulated. You are just tossed, right? You just feel you're... Just your life is in waves. I tell you, the Spirit is there to comfort you. But not in a kind of a weird, strange way, but as that rhema word again, they're working to comfort you. Firstly, God spoke and this word was written down. And when this, something that is written down, that's the written word. That's the written word. And when this written word is shared to you, spoken to you, like the first time you heard the gospel, I tell you, you know what that is? When the word is spoken to you, that's Christ coming to you. When the word comes to a person, that means Christ is visiting that person. You take away the Bible, you take away the written word from this nation, you are just basically taking away Christ. It says in what? In Romans, right? Chapter 10. The word is near you even in your mouth, and even in your heart. And then it talks about, right? Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And the Lord is rich to all who call upon him. Dear saints, I tell you, when this word, this written word is spoken, is given, is dispensed, and you hear it as the gospel, as the truth, That's the word of God. I tell you, that is Christ. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. My first contact with Christ is through his word. Someone spoke the Bible to me. Someone preached the gospel to me. And I responded. Faith was generated in me. And that's because... That's the living word coming to me. And then when I receive that word, when I receive that word, faith comes from the hearing. And hearing comes from the word of God. And that is Christ. So when I receive this word in a proper kind of a way, I tell you, faith is generated in me. And that's the time when this word becomes 
start to become the applied word, to begin to work in me, to convict. Right? Does it not say in John, the word is there all to what? To convict men of sin. Am I right? Of judgment. What, what is that convicting spirit? That convicting spirit are the functions of the spirit when a person hears the word and receives the living word that is Christ. So the cycle complete is completed. When we receive the word in this kind of way, brothers and sisters, we actually are receiving God. All right. Then the second thing I wanted to say is that we have to really see this, and that is this wonderful relationship between the Spirit and the Word. Put it very, very simply, the Word and the Spirit, the Spirit and the Word are one. I never knew that. I just knew that there's the Holy Bible over here and the Holy Spirit over here. They're both holy. That's about it. So I go read the Bible, whatever, and then I'm here to experience the Spirit in some way. After I came to the Lord's recovery, I begin to realize that these two are not two, that these two are one thing. The Word and the Spirit are one. A very quick way to confirm this fact, this reality. So here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, right? There's a sister verse to this in the book of Ephesians. It says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled, what? In spirit. And after that, it almost said basically the same thing. Speaking one to another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, right? Giving thanks in all things and so on. Same thing here. That's in Ephesians 5. This in Colossians 3 says, let the word inhabit you richly. And then teaching and admonishing with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And then what? Giving thanks to the Father in all things. So basically, these are two sister passages. Ephesians talk about our the Holy Spirit, the Spirit filling our spirit. But in Colossians 3... It talks about what? It talks about the Word filling us. The Word filling us, and the result is that we praise the Lord. We thank the Lord, and we live out all kinds of Christian virtues in our relationship, in our daily life, and in the church life. So being filled with the Spirit and being filled with the Word actually are not two different things. It is the same thing in two aspects. 
Our Christian life, to put it very simply, brothers and sisters, is just so simple. Every day being filled in the Spirit. Every day being filled with the Word. And they're related because the more you are filled with the Spirit, the more you should be filled with the Word. And the more you're filled with the Word, the more you're filled with the Spirit. When I say Word, I don't mean just the knowledge of the Word, you know, the letters in the Bible. You know what I mean. I mean to be filled with the living Word. That is Christ. And the Spirit, the life-giving Spirit, that is also the Holy Spirit, that is Christ. I like to say, churches in Oklahoma, this is the secret to your going on. Just a church life full of the Spirit and full of the Word. The problem is this. Let me just add something. The problem is this. Today, we, the devil's work, is to occupy us, usurp our time. And one of the top things is our phones, smartphones and devices and all these things. Apart from all the evil things and bad things and dark things, you know what I mean, sinful things, worldly things. I tell you, one of the main thing the enemy does is simply to take away your time. You serve your time. You know, you turn this thing on, you just think, I'm just going to check my email. The next thing is an hour later, and you're not checking your email anymore. You're checking a whole lot of other things. And whatever appeals to you comes to you by a swipe. A scroll. Am I right? You don't need a mouse anymore. I would say today, these, this, and things like this, actually it's really this, it all comes down to this, is the killer of our Christian life. It's the murderer of Christians. By what? By simply usurping their time, occupying their time, energy, strength, minutes, hours on end, so that they have no no energy and time left for what? For the Word and the Spirit. A lot of our problems today as Christians is not because of this or that, it's simply because of one thing, the lack of the word and the shortage of the spirit. You are filled by either one or the other. It's just like mammon. You worship God or you worship mammon. You cannot worship both. So I feel I'm, I'm, I'm a victim too, not just you, to stand up and fight against this. 
And sorry, no one can fight against this except you. We have to say, Lord Jesus, I love you. And I love you practically. This means I put this thing over here. I turn it off. I turn you on. Lord, you be my smartphone. I come to your word. I like to spend time in your word. I want to spend time with you as the spirit. I want to do my FaceTime with you. I I want to WhatsApp with you. I I want to TikTok with you. I want to Instagram with you. I want to email with you. Kiss the sun. Spend time with him. Ask the word and ask the spirit. When we are filled in this way, the other things won't fill us. Something has to fill us. We cannot be empty. If we stay empty, the demons will come in. So something has to fill your mind. Something has to fill your time. But what is filling it? The problem of the church, the problem of Christians today. Why they're defeated. Why they are empty. Why they are powerless. Why they are not experiencing all the riches of Christ. It's due to this one thing. Practically. Not in the time, in the word and with the spirit. Fill me now. That him, right? Fill me now. Not just fill me with the Spirit. I'm even now thinking. I should write a hymn. (laughs) Fill me with the Word. We need a hymn on filling, being filled with the Word. Then we need another hymn that talks about being filled with the Spirit and being filled with His Word. You know, in some messages I talk about something called a low-grade depression. I discover among saints, many have a low-grade depression. You're not really in the hospital. We're not ready to send you to ER, okay? That's, that's really bad. But you are perpetually living with a low-grade depression. You're just kind of always in that I don't know, that condition that you can get up from bed. You know what, spiritually, you know what I mean? What I mean? You can get, you have no energy. And sometimes you have even crazy thoughts. End it all, forget about it. That is not the Christian life. Christians need not live like that. But it's not a matter of your striving, you're trying to overcome. I've got an answer for you. This is a real answer. Spend time in the Word. Spend time with the Spirit. And I'll tell you, eventually these two become one. You know why we pray read? You know what is pray reading? Pray reading is one way to conjoin these two. To make these two things one in our experience. 
This is God. Okay? And this is the Spirit. And this is the Word. I tell you, God is the Spirit. Am I right? And God is the Word. And this Spirit and the Word are the same. Are one. That's it. That's it. Aren't you excited? I mean, this is the triune God, brothers and sisters. This is your God. This is this is the Father, the Son, the Spirit. This, this is the Creator. This, but today, to work out His economy, to dispense Himself into us, He is the Spirit. God is Spirit. That is His substance. And God, through a marvelous process, became the Spirit. The life-giving spirit, the all-inclusive spirit, right over here, right over here. And all the functions, you know, according to Exodus 30, of this marvelous holy anointing oil. I don't have the time. I mean, it's all here. Then he's also the word. The written word, the living word, the applied word. It's all here. I mean, saints, we, we have what we need. To become what? Healthy Christians. To become overcoming believers. But if we have that, that is just a good diagram, right? Down here. What is this? That's our spirit. Right here. And I tell you, when we exercise our spirit to contact that spirit, and when we exercise our spirit to contact the word, and in our experience, these two become one. You know what is the result? The result is this. God becomes yours. All of God, all the fullness of God, all the riches of Christ, all the marvelous function and ministry of the Spirit are yours. Practically. Right here. I want to preach this to all the Christians in Oklahoma. Do you get that? The Spirit is God. The Word is God. And by exercising our spirit to contact the Word and the Spirit, I tell you, we get God. And what else do you need besides God? I don't need anything when I have God. And there is this practical way to do it. A young brother or a young sister sitting there, You can do it. A senior one, I don't care how senior you are, you still need to do this. Now, 
Wow. I tell you, the word just convey God to us. And the spirit brings God to us. And now these two need to fill us. Ephesians 5, the spirit, and Colossians 3, the word. And there, therein is my burden. That nowadays in the churches, the saints would have a new and fresh exercise to let the spirit fill them and let the word inhabit them. And I tell you, when that happens, that church will be living, vital, powerful. Ooh, I, I got goosebumps right now. Now, let's focus on the word. The, and just when, you, when I talk about word, don't forget it's the spirit word. You know, in, in, uh, uh, in uh, 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 John 6, it says, The words that I speak to you, the Lord's word of Christ, is spirit and they are life. All right? Now, there's another verse. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. 18. Receive the word. The word. Okay. I'm sorry. Receive the sword. You know, it talks about the whole armor of God. The only offensive weapon, the offensive item in that whole armor is the sword. Everything else is defensive for protection. All right. Receive the helmet of salvation and the sword of what? The spirit. So that shows us that that sword is the spirit. But don't stop there. The thought is incomplete. Receive the sword of the spirit. Listen, which spirit? This sword of the spirit? Which spirit is what? Is the word of God. So. The Lord Jesus says. The word. Is the spirit. Paul says. The spirit. Is the word. So by these two. Verses. We can see again. That the word and the spirit. Are one. Are one. Now. Quickly, I'm, I, 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 I'm already over time. Okay. All right. It doesn't matter, does it? The main thing is the burden is discharged. Okay. So back to this other point. The two Greek, uh, the two, two uh, the, the logos and the rhema. <clears throat> The Logos, again, is this written word. And the Rhema is the present word. Yes, you have the Bible. I know you have the Bible. That's great. But I'd like to ask you, besides that, do you have the living Rhema right now in you? You know, it is the most...
I say painful thing. The most unhealthy thing. Certainly the most abnormal thing. For a believer. And even for a lover of the Lord. To have no word in them. I'm talking about rhema word. They have the Bible. We all have the Bible, right? I don't mean that. And even they have some knowledge of the Bible because they study the truth, they read the books. So you do have that. But I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about the living rhema word that the Lord speaks to you at that moment. You're sitting there right now. Do you have the rhema word? Not just my word. So I'm here using the written word. I'm presenting the living word. But have you received that word so much so that word becomes what? Becomes rhema in you. At a young age, when I first came into the recovery in this country. <clears throat> uh, Travis, can you get me some Kleenex? Um, all the time we were listening to messages by Brother Lee, okay? I mean, it's not infrequent in springtime during the year he gives these so-called informal training in Los Angeles. Three times he would speak a, a week, three times at night. Even we cancel the prayer meeting so he could speak for about nine weeks in a row. And, and I was there. We are just under Niagara Falls, okay? Not, we're under Niagara Falls, thank you. And, and there's so much that he spoke that it just, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't catch up with your notes, you know? I, today I still have some of those old notes. But I tell you, all the time, in one message, one word, would come to me. He won't come to the guy next to me or the brother next to me, but it comes to me when that word was spoken. And when I say amen and receive that word, okay, it stuck with me. You know what that is? That is the beginning of the formation of the Rhema word from the Logos word. <clears throat> So I learned from a young age what is to have the Lord's living speaking in me. That is based on the spoken word, outwardly, by messages, by books, by whatever. You read a life study, you read a book, you read many things. But at a certain point, something jumped out. Am I right? Something come alive. Then I practice. You know what is my practice? And I would like to encourage the young, young people to practice this. And that is when that word is spoken to you and it grabs you. It gets your attention. It touched you. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. You know why? Because that's the Lord speaking to you right there. He's not speaking that to the brother next to you. He's speaking something else, and I don't know what that right, is. Right. But he's speaking that word to you. You hold on to it. 
I love those verses in the New Testament, especially talking about some sisters, especially talking about Mary, the mother of the Lord. After the angel Gabriel came and told her about what is going to happen, that he would be conceived, right? This holy thing, all of this. And it says, Mary hit that word in her heart. That's not the only instance. There are other times that at the moment, that word that is spoken to you so instantly, I mean, tell me, when Mary was about to give have Jesus, that is a very momentous moment, am I right? In human history, am I right? Someone is going to give birth to God. Okay, okay, that's really, really big time stuff. And, and I don't believe Mary understood all the ramification of giving birth to Christ Jesus. But he hit that word in his heart. Young people, the Lord speaks to you through the message, through the, the ones who care for you, from the written word, the logos word. But that word, by your ready reception, by your proper intake, causes a response in you. You know what that response is? I'll tell you. That response simply is faith. You heard the word, and faith comes from here, comes from that hearing. And that faith is in what form? That faith is in the form of this Raymer word speaking to you something alive. It's not just a message anymore. It's something alive. And it speaks right to your situation. Now, I would take that word after that meeting. I still remember I was in the brother's house and <clears throat> tiny little swimming pool we have in the apartment. It's really a bathtub. Okay. So it was late in the night and I would not let that word go. And I would go to the swimming pool, which takes about <clears throat> 20 seconds to walk around, you know. I would take that word, not the whole message, but that word or two, whatever it may be, and just walk around that pool. Sometimes for 10 minutes, sometimes for 20 minutes, sometimes for 30 minutes, sometimes even longer. You know what I was doing there? I was doing what cows do. You know cows? Cows, they have how many stomachs? Four, right? At least four, right? Four stuff. They eat the grass, whatever. And there's something called chewing the cud. That means after they eat, they store that in one of the stomachs. I think I don't know all this stuff, right? They store it in the stomach. And what they do, in some time later, they regurgitate. You know the word in English, ruminate? is exactly that. Ruminate comes from what the cows do. They bring that is 
hidden in their stomach, up again and re-chew it. It's called chewing the cud. By doing this, they digest that food. They chew, they masticate, they grind that food down. And you know what? They start to assimilate it. That completes the eating cycle. I did that. I, at least I learned to do that. Oh, I, 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 I remember like yesterday. Because those moments you can never forget. It's like you're in eternity. I took that word that has come into me. And I what? I take it to the Lord. Back to the Lord. And dealt with the Lord with that word. The more I did this, the more the speaking came. Suddenly, it's not just that night's message anymore. It's the Lord visiting me. Life. It's a very, very specific thing the Lord wants to touch in me that I have to deal with him about based on what I heard. You know... I know because time is short. <clears throat> you know what I was doing, Francis? I was there letting. Amen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Yeah. I was letting. Yes. So I spoke in the elders' training. James, you remember. I said that let, word let, is not a passive thing. Oh, whatever, whatever. I let, no, no, no. That let, in my experience, is a very aggressive let. In other words, I have to exercise my whole being to let the word. That means I won't let the word go. I would not put it aside. I would not forget it. I would not let what came to me like water over ducks back. I retain it. I store it. Then I regurgitate it. I masticate it. I'll tell you what happened. When that happens, that little word. That is Rhema. Start to dwell in me. Start to inhabit me. Start to make home in me. It's no longer just the written word outside of me. It's not even just the words spoken to me that I heard that inspire me some. I have done something to let that word further in to occupy the crevices, the nook and crannies, the bedrooms and bathrooms and closets of my heart. Those of us who have that experience can testify to this. This is not special about me. This is actually should be very normal. But you have to build up that habit. You know, some people, they go to eat, they breathe that food in. No digestion, no nothing. You know what I mean? That's not good for you. And you won't assimilate that much. But by this kind of eating, you're letting the food inhabit you. 
saturate you. And it gets to a point that in my Christian life, I can hardly live without that. It has become habit, habitual. I just cannot read and that's it. I've done my daily reading. You know, these days we're very much promoting life studies reading. And indeed, we have an app called Life Studies 500, something like that. Isn't that good? It's very useful. It's a tracker. It's a scheduler. It's a, uh, it, it, it forces accountability. It even helps you to study, get into the life studies with your companions. Look, this is released already. This summer, we're already coming up with version 2, 2.0. It will be even better app. And it's going to turn into Chinese and Spanish. We're going to have the Spanish Life Study 500 app. And the Chinese. The Chinese are all waiting. You know, today, there are many more Chinese-speaking saints in the world than any other language. You just don't know them. They're waiting for this app. But reading the life study is one thing. Read, letting the life studies inhabit you is another thing. My burden is that you're not just checking the box. Oh, I read this. That's good. Don't, don't take me wrong. It's better than nothing. Huh? Read the word Bible and read the life studies. Use the recovery version and use the life studies and you won't go wrong. You won't go wrong, I guarantee you. But there are levels to that eating. And there is different effects, level of effect or impact of the word upon you depend on the way you approach the word. You follow me? Depends on the way you deal with this word. Look, the word is a living person. You deal with him. When this word that I receive comes came into me and start touching me, convicting me, speaking to me, and all kinds of things. It is the Lord Jesus coming to me. Amen. In a very particular way, in my very unique situation. To supply me, to direct me, to protect me, to warn me, to teach me. All kinds of things. The day that I don't have the Lord's word like this, is a vain day. Even a day you don't have this living word of the Lord in you, you're vain. Sorry. You you know what I mean. There's a great missing. All right. Let. Let. Don't don't just, well, I went to the meeting, I read the book, I, I did my daily Bible reading. Good. Praise the Lord. Please do that, young people especially. Even memorize the word. Memorize the word. But for many of us, that's not enough. You need to let the word of Christ. And when that word dwells in you like that. This is tantamount to Christ making his home in your heart. So you have to read Colossians 3, 
with Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, the Apostle Paul prayed that highest prayer of experience of a Christian. And the end of that prayer is that after you've been strengthened into your inner man, according to the riches of his glory, by his spirit, that Christ would make his home in your heart. Dear brothers and sisters, I'd like to tell you today, God has only one thing that he wants to do in you. And that is his son, Christ, would make his home in your heart. That's it. That is God's economy. He just wants his son to fill your heart and make home there. In fact, to have his address there. And it's not a secondary residence. That is not a beach house. That is his primary residence, your heart. Then you say, how does Christ make his home in my heart? I just told you the most practical way. To let the word of Christ inhabit you richly. When, but not, this is not just you read the Bible, you, you store these things in your head, even in your memory, though necessary. It is by way of this process of letting the word inhabit you. Richly, it says. Not barely, not stingily, not meagerly, but richly. That means all the unsearchable riches of Christ that are contained in the word, even embodied in this word, now is finding a place to live in us. Oh my. So I mentioned already John John 15 again. <clears throat> Abide in me and I in you. That talks about our fellowship with the Lord. Am I right? Our organic fellowship with the Lord. A few verses later, abide in me, my words will abide in you. Those are Rhema words. So I say, when the Lord's words, Rhema words, can abide in you, make home in you, that is tantamount to he himself living in you, making home in you. These days in all the churches, we need to be filled with this living word of God. Yeah. I tell you, this will make the church healthy. Yeah. Healthiness it doesn't come from wishful thinking. You want to be healthy, you eat right. Yeah. You digest properly. Yes. Am I right? Yes. You take care of your diet. You do your exercise, rest, whatever. You know what I mean? It's not wishful thinking. You can be healthy. I'd like to tell you all, dear saints, you can be an overcomer. But there is what? Something that you have to do. You have to let. But not passively let. Well, if the Lord wants to let, I'll let. No, no, no. You, You let in this kind of a way.
Now, I know I cannot finish for sure, but I'm just trying to help you so you can get into those outlines, okay? So don't worry. That's why I inserted in message two, the rich functions of the word. Look, the word is functions are rich to the uttermost. You have to go through all these 24 points of rich functions of the word. Just glean from the word of God, the Bible, with the help of the ministry. I, I mean, when I read this, I read this, I mean, I start just dancing. Huh? I start jumping up and down. I start getting so excited with all this functions of the word. You know, you know, a good website is filled with marvelous functionalities. You know, your, your, your website has only one function. No one will visit it. But all these functions, you know, you can get videos, you can get this and that. I tell you, the word of God is filled with dynamic functions. Everything you need, this word will do. Whatever you cannot do, God is doing in you by saying amen to his word. That word has these powerful functions. But these functions won't work if you don't let. These functions are just there, dead, if you don't push the button. Wow, I mean... I mean, you want you want to rejoice? The word will make you rejoice. You know, but you have to let. I, I don't have the time. It's right here. 24 in bold, in bold. Oh my, you want to be sanctified? You want to, oh my goodness. All right. All these functions of the word, listen to me, are simply, are simply the actions. The functions of the word are the actions of Christ. Of Christ. So don't think this is some force called the spirit functioning. This is actually the living Christ as the spirit acting. He is very active as the word. You take the word in in this way and this word have a place in you. I tell you when the time comes, when you need light, when you need life, when you need resurrection, when you need patience, when you need endurance, when you need power, when you need to overcome, when you need to forgive people, when you cannot forgive people, I tell you those functions are there. You don't have to do it. Those functions will help you do do it. But we have to contact the Lord and read the word, especially pray read the word, so that these functions can be unleashed, can be activated, can become just applicable during the day. Mothers, you just had it with your kids, right? You just want to throw them out. At that moment, you need self-control, right? You need love, you know? 
you know. You need great tolerance, which you have just ran out of a long time ago, actually. I tell you, if you have the word stored in you, and you are one who knows how to take in this word, that word, with your cooperation, will what? Will supply you. You say, Lord, I ran out. I don't know what to do. I want to kill them, you know, these guys. I tell you, I tell you, you turn to the law. I tell you, the word, some living word would come to function, to supply you, to guide you, to help you, to protect you. You know, one of the hardest thing is to find forgiveness in your heart. Am I right? I mean, we're all, we're all the same, you know. And you just don't have it. Let's face it, you know, you just don't have it. Yesterday, a sister mentioned, I was so touched, the Lord Jesus have nine words on the cross. That's a great gospel. We need nine gospel messages based on those nine words. One of them, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. I mean, if you're hanging there, would you say that? I won't. But he did. He is saying that to someone who just beat him up, who just pierced him, who just left him hanging there to die. He said, Father, forgive them. Who can do that? Only God. Only Christ. It's not found in you, that sort of forgiveness. You dig all you want. You cannot find it. But I tell you, when that crucified Jesus, who is now resurrected to be the Spirit, when that Christ, who is that living Word, have a place in your heart and mind, we will find we can do things that are impossible. Remember the word in Philippians. I can do all things in the one or through the one who what? Who empowers me. How does he empower you? I just told you, this is the way. This is the way. All right. I think this is good enough. There are two more outlines you have to get into. Did you receive something this morning? This is so practical, so applicable. If all the churches on this earth would, what? Come to the word in this way, in a new way. I'm not telling you, oh, go pray, read, or do this. The The last outline has many ways to take in the word. To what? To do this, right? To exercise our spirit by prayer, by musing, by singing, by reading, by speaking, whatever. I tell you, this spirit word just floods our being. And we can live. We can live Christ. We can magnify Christ. How did Paul do that in that prison? 
It's unhuman. And he's not better than you or I. Someone is doing it. Another person. And we can experience the same. All right, brothers and sisters, I stop here. I want to still say a word of thank you. Gratitude for your inviting me here. And I just consider this a most special time. Uh, Even in my little ministry, just to see you all face to face. May the Lord bless this word. Not my word, but his word. May he bless your lives and bless your church life. I think the Lord has a lot to do in Oklahoma. How about we come out of the pandemic into a new season? I like to declare a new season is come to Oklahoma. A new day has dawned. Let's follow the Lord to sail on. Amen.